There we go. Good evening. Uh, welcome to a CAA title winning edition of the JV Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd, joined as always by my buddy Rob. What's up, Rob? Hey, how's everybody doing? Hopefully everybody is doing great. What a weekend for the Dukes uh, we get to talk about this week. Um, not much better than winning a CAA title and knocking out the Spiders at the same time, right, Rob? Oh, I mean, that's the just double play. <laughs> that's right. So the Dukes um, coming off the 48-6 win over the weekend, um, trip to Rhode Island on tap for the end of the regular season this week. We are here to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other JMU stuff. As always, rate and review us wherever you get your podcast. Five points, five stars for JMUSB. Uh, tell your friends about the podcast. It's that time of year. Um, people are looking for JMU coverage. Everybody's coming out. Um, people will be struggling to make games in December, as they always do, but they'll be looking for coverage as the Dukes hopefully make a run um, deep into the month of just into the holiday season, maybe through the new year even. So uh, spread the word. Glad to have everybody back. We are brought to you, as always, by our original sponsor, Pale Fire Brewing in Harrisonburg, Virginia. As uh, was pointed out to us after the game this weekend, Rob, by uh, at Jake underscore Nelson Jr., <laughs> um, you can still go by the tap room and mention the podcast and uh, get a free get a free pint glass. So good time for Pale Fire. Lots of good stuff this weekend. I thought that always was a good time for Pale Fire. Yes, and I thought it was cool. People were uh, are, are starting to embrace that. I think Pale Fire is enjoying that as well. So yeah, yeah that's good awesome. to see. Great beers. Yeah, um, we're really excited. Before we get started tonight, uh, we did want to say next next week, maybe even the next two weeks, we're going to have some guests on the podcast. Um, I think you all are pretty familiar with some of the national FCS correspondents. Looking forward to potentially, uh, looks like we may have one or two of them on to break down the bracket next week and start to look forward to the playoffs as they come around. We know JMU will be in the playoffs, so we are not jinxing anything. They have won the auto bid at this point. Uh, We won't talk a whole lot more beyond that at this point, (laughs) for those of you who are a little bit stitious. Rob, cool things over the weekend. As we mentioned, it's not just football, uh, men's soccer. What an ending to the CAA season. So that was, they had to wait a couple days because of the storm down in Wilmington. And boy, was it worth it uh, winning in the second overtime on a, I mean, that's a top class goal right there. So yeah, that was pretty, that was pretty sick. I saw yeah. it in double overtime. Too. Double overtime. Yeah. Um, to win on a goal like that, they made it onto the sports center top 10 with that play. Um, Huge congrats to the men's program. Second straight CAA title for them. Uh, They play Thursday night at home. Tough draw. Tough draw. Tough draw, though. Yeah, I mean, I think um, tough draw both rounds, right? I mean, yeah. yeah, Campbell, very good team. Um, I think Campbell lost twice. Yeah, Campbell has a uh, nation's leading score. Only one of the only guys in the country with one more goal than Manny Ferriol. So, um, you know, tough team. Should be interesting. I don't think that's the... The toughest part of the draw, I think Campbell and JMU will probably both take each other in the first round. Um, but the winner will go to UVA this weekend, potentially, or sometime in the next week after this Thursday, right? Who's number the one number overall one overall seed? Overall seed. Yeah, both on the men's yeah. and women's uh, game, actually. A- at the same time, I-, I don't know that, you know, I was, I was thinking about that. I don't, whatever, you know, <laughs> if-, if JMU, it's one of those things. I mean, it's, it's not like it's a far road trip. They could have a good turnout. Um, if they get to that second game, they, it certainly won't be like some awful road trip that they're worn out from. And I don't, I don't think they're unfamiliar with Virginia. They played Virginia this year, didn't they? 
Yeah, they lost yeah, one nothing. I mean, yeah. they lost one nothing. I mean, they're not going to be intimidated. Mm-hmm. These guys probably a lot of them grew up playing club against each other. Um, mm-hmm. So there's the familiarity where it's probably an easier draw for them than for some team, you know, in yeah. the Midwest who's just heard about oh Virginia number one seed. So yeah. I don't know. Just it, it's tough after the year they had last year. Yeah, and the Final Four run to come in and I mean whatever you gotta you gotta win your way in to Final Four. Yeah, you gotta beat so. the best. Yeah, so you might as well get a chance to knock them out early if they can get by Campbell. Campbell is, is not a pushover. Nope, and um, that'll be fun for students. That's a cool opportunity before they break for Thanksgiving this weekend or as they get ready to, you know. Um, good thing football's not at, not at home next weekend, but kind of maybe on the way out of town. Uh, students might have a chance to really enjoy that game on Thursday. And, and you know, if you beat the number one seed, the one nice thing is you replace them in the bracket where you – yeah, you know, if they could pull an upset, if one of those teams could pull an upset, then they're looking at like the eight, nine, you know, I, I don't know where how deep the tournament is, but you're looking at some winnable games again. So you never know. Um, mm-hmm. And very exciting to back to back CAA titles. Tough to beat that. They're putting themselves in position. Uh, the other thing from the weekend, Rob, before we get to the one non JMU, well, sort of at least non college football JMU related item was uh I just want to talk about women's basketball for one second. I, you know, I think all of us were super disappointed last week for to see them blow the lead. I saw Coach O'Regan's press conference today at O'Neill's, and to see, you know, it was really frustrating. They dominated the number eight team in the country for three quarters, and they completely fell apart and blew a large lead uh, to lose by two in a, you know, what would have been an opportunity for a real signature win for the program. But they did come back and beat a, you know, made a fourth quarter comeback themselves to beat a really strong St. John's team. A double digit comeback. Yeah, They're down double, double digits in the third. Yeah. yeah. Um, to beat a really strong St. John's team that knows them very well at times. We've, those teams have played almost every year for a while. We know St. John's coach Tartamella used to coach under Kenny uh, at JMU, and those teams have played since since then. It seems like every I year. I think he's a JMU grad. Yeah. It's played them, you know, they've played pretty consistently almost every year in the last six, seven, eight years. So the teams are familiar. That was a good win. And, you know, I, I will say this, Rob, it was really frustrating. I know we were both kind of watching and it, it, it's super, it was just so, you know, like anybody who blows a lead like that in any sport, but we see it a lot in college basketball where kids can't hit free throws. They can't get the ball in bounds. They just can't make the one play to sort of stave it off at that point. But I was kind of in a weird way, you know, I'm not happy with the result, but, it's much better than losing by 10 in a game that they trail by 14 all the way to Maryland. Like I felt like, wow, this team is really legitimately competing with a top 10 program. And Kiki Jefferson gives them an absolute, like sort of two a, you know, one a weapon to Kamaya smalls. They have not played a game yet this season with their entire sort of top seven lineup. They were missing Jackie Benitez in the Maryland game. She came back for the St. John's game where they were missing uh, Maddie Green. So, you know, this team could be really good, Rob. <laughs> you know, yeah, we, yeah. I mean, it is frustrating. Yeah. You let one get away, particularly if, you know, disaster strikes and they slip up in the CAA tournament. Mm-hmm. Oh, if they had held on, that would have been the type of thing that could get you over the edge. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kind of know you, you're, you're heading into the CAA tournament, maybe with an at-large in your pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know, but it, it's like you said, it's better than just having one of those like, moral victories like oh we hung with the team you know which seems to be kind of the bar for ca men 
<laughs> yeah, 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 right. You yeah, know, it's like, good. oh yeah, don't worry. Somebody, somebody hung within twelve of a of a top twenty five team. Yeah, the, the league's good this year. I mean, they let one get away, so it's incredibly frustrating. But they outplayed them for all but the last eight minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It, it's a very high ceiling. I think in in some way that might even help them getting that out of the way. That's what you I know, thought showing, too. Yeah, showing that you need to you need to close. It's not just going to be on mm-hmm. talent. Um, I don't know. It, it's to go in with a little to go into the rest of the season and head into the CAA season with a little bit of a chip on your shoulder, yeah. feeling like you gave one away, there are worse problems to have. Right. <laughs> and, and I kind of, it, it took me from thinking like, like they might've pulled the upset, might've pulled the upset, whatever, in a different fashion, right? Where they, mm-hmm. um, you know, hung, 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 hit a couple shots, sneak one out. This made Still me one, think yeah. like, I, I know what we're talking about, about needing that signature win for the at-large chances. But I will say one of the things in the past when they've been denied the at-large chance it wasn't the Maryland loss that hurt them or the Maryland type no. loss. It was the random loss to, you know, mid-level out-of-conference team and a mid-level CAA yep. team, right? This, that performance against Maryland kind of made me think, this is a 28-2 and two type team, not a 26-4 and four with one and a half, you know, bad losses, like sub-150 you know, sub yeah. RPI losses. This is maybe a, a team that, you know, is real. I mean, you see what Maryland, I mean, they won 99-55 over Delaware in yep. their following game. It, I mean, that starts to make me think, wow, this team could really be something if they keep everybody healthy. So it's exciting. Uh, good luck to the women as they turn this around. I certainly hope they, they don't lose again. They get a chance at Virginia themselves in a couple weeks. So that'll be kind of cool. Uh, at the end, very last, I think November 30th. Yeah, they played Virginia and UCF down there. Uh, coming up in a week or so, but they have Georgetown and Liberty before that. So good times there. And then the last thing, Rob, I think you probably saw Daniel Brown caught a touchdown this weekend for the New York Jets. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that was really cool. Um, and it still counts, even though it was against it the Redskins. It does, even though it was against that, the Redskins. It's still a real NFL, real NFL touchdown. Yeah, and, you, and arguably Jimmy scored a touchdown for the Jets too um, by, roughing the, by roughing the kicker. <laughs> You're not going to believe this, but I didn't tune in for that one. No, no, I don't think anyone did. <laughs> I was I was able to resist <laughs> tuning in for Jets Redskins. Yes, Jimmy did make a couple decent plays. Also, broke out, had a pass breakup, almost had a pick. Um, and you know, I mean, he I thought he was okay. Other than that, obviously boneheaded play. But the Redskins are losing every game by you know mountains of points, so it really doesn't matter. Uh, but it was really cool to see Daniel Brown get the touchdown. Um, a JMU name that a lot of us forget about. He's sort of been in the league or, you know, on the fringe of the league for a long time. He's actually been in the league pretty much, pretty consistently for the last five, six, seven years. Um, and I definitely saw Riley Stapleton tweeting, you know, the, the number 10 brotherhood <laughs> yeah. for Daniel Brown and Riley Stapleton. So kind of cool. And congrats to Daniel Brown. And on that note, we are going to shift. We're not going to talk about men's hoops? Oh, yeah, we got it. Oh, yeah, go, go for it. Take it away. No, I, I don't want to talk about men's hoops. No. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a broken man. Yeah. Uh, it was brutal. As you know, like I was going to go to the football well game, too, and, the, and then they oh, no, no, they no, no. It was it was ugly. I was there. Okay. James insisted on going to that rather than the football yep. game. He was all excited. He's like, "No, I want to go." And you know, he was he knows all the players mm-hmm. and was going through. He's got NBA comps for all of them based on our high seats up. He's like, "Oh yeah, well, whatever." He, he's thinks. Uh, I don't know. It, he was much more excited. He had a really good time. Mm-hmm. It's depressing. It's the same old story. Right. Um, they're incredibly athletic compared to JMU teams of the past. Mm-hmm. And you can see the potential that's there. Mm-hmm. But they don't shoot. 
It's gonna be it's gonna be the same thing as last year. If they shoot like above 45, 50 percent, mm-hmm. they're gonna win. But there's gonna be a lot of nights like Saturday where they shoot twenty five percent, and and I mean it's they shouldn't shoot three so liberally. Um, I thought there was actually really good ball movement at a lot of times. Yeah, but then there are other times when they're launching threes with fifteen seconds left on the shot clock, and they're four feet behind the line. It's just it was it's bad, man. I I don't want to be pessimistic, but for years I've been like, no, no, the future's bright. I think it's the same old story. Mm-hmm. I think we're looking at you know mm. they're going to have a game like they did against Hofstra last year where everything goes right and they win, but they're also going to have games where they just lose the teams that they have no business losing mm. to. Um, I don't know. It's, Maybe I'm no, wrong, but it's just, yeah. we, we've seen this movie before. Yep. It's, it's all comes out. Like if the shots fall, they win. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's just, there's such a big difference between good nights and bad nights. We're talking shooting. Like, what was it against yeah. um, Charlotte? Yeah. They were like 35% from the free throw mm-hmm. line. Okay. They hit their free throws against Mason, but they shot 24% or something right. from three. Right. And like thirty percent overall, it's it's you can't win ball games like that. Ah. So. Do you think, Rob? I, I was thinking about this. Um, first of all, the Jacobs dunk was really nice. <laughs> no, it wasn't Jacobs. It was a uh, Oh, it was okay. All right, sorry, I saw that. He was he was impressive. James was very excited about that. That's I mean, he had two two big dunks. Okay. Whole, yeah. Um, Jacobs played well. He was in foul trouble. I did not like the way the refs called the game. I'm not saying like no, they no. called it in Mason's favor. Right. I thought we're not letting either team play. Gotcha. And it really, JMU was at a disadvantage with Wilson being out. Jacobs mm-hmm. was trying his best and, you know, bodying up and playing physical in the post, but he had three fouls early in the second half, then came back on his fourth and then fell. Mm-hmm. Um, they were calling just a lot of ticky tuck, tons of off the ball fouls on both mm-hmm. teams. It was just, it was kind of an ugly game. But Is it weird? Am I wrong? Would it be wrong, Rob, to say that JMU almost looks like they're, they're trying to play like, sort of a modern offense and they move the ball, but they don't have the shooting at the end. Completely. Like, I mean, they played like, it like that four out. Right. You know, they're working around the perimeter. Um, Lewis can go to the hole. Right. And Parker will go to the hole occasionally. And then as we saw Boone, like thunders, two thunder stunks. But yeah, I mean, it's much better ball movement. They just don't shoot well enough for that right. offense. Right. That's what I mean. It's just like they're playing sort of an up-tempo, you know, swing the ball, keep the ball moving offense. But they just they, they don't make yeah, the open they don't make open three. It wasn't right? it wasn't bad shot like some of yeah, it's not like, like early oh, shot. there's a guy but a lot in of face and you're jacking it. You know they swung it and you know they got mm-hmm. guys five feet away close. Yeah, you shoot that, but they just yep. can't hit it. Yeah, I mean they just they don't have the personnel for it in some way. It's Mm-mm. yeah, it's Mm-mm. odd to see. So it's depressing. <sighs> well, let's move to something way less depressing. Yes. The, 48-6 win over the, the Ticks this weekend. Uh, this is, brings us to the Mossy Creek Four Downs, brought to you by Mossy Creek Fly Fishing in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Uh, you can go by the fly shop. They have all kinds of new winter gear in right now. You can go by get anything you need to stay warm, not just on the water, but on, on shortly, hope, hopefully, uh, for lots of home, two or three home playoff games uh, coming up in December. So get they have a whole their whole set up of winter Keep your warm stuff. Get in there. Check them out. Um, book a winter trip. Uh, Rob and I may, may get a chance to go ourselves. So we'll yeah. see what happens here pretty soon. But with that, Rob, um, what was your first thought from this game for first down? I think just Coach Signetti. Yeah. I, we have not talked about him a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He feels like 
he's almost behind the scenes or, or people are talking about Nooch or Stapleton or the deed. I, maybe it's just our circle, but I don't, I don't hear a lot of chatter online by this point in his first year, kind of like the cult of Houston among the fan mm-hmm. base was already growing. And then it really took off after that speech, uh, against New Hampshire, but yeah. everybody's still like, I mean, until a few weeks ago, you still heard people being like, I don't know what's going on with this Signetti guy or criticizing. Oh yeah. How he spoke at press conferences or he's very monotone and, Maybe that's true. Like, he's not the super dynamic personality, but the team seems to have really bought into it. Um, they were tweeting stuff out about him. I think uh-huh. Robert Carter or somebody. Yep. Like, the team seems to have taken on his personality where this isn't like a super flashy in your face. It's just kind of that lunch pail type mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he deserves a lot of, if not all, the credit for that. I mean, we've talked about all the work Nooch did in the offseason with the QB whispers and all the work. And that's great, but mm-hmm. you and I have also mentioned that Signetti seems to really know how to coach him mm-hmm. and keep him focused and to kind of keep him grounded when he needs to, um, kind of be critical but not in a cutting way with yep. his comments in the press. Nope. So I, I don't know. I just This team seems so much more well-prepared than the opposition yep. pretty much week in, week out, certainly the last couple of weeks. You know, yeah. As the games have become more important. Mm-hmm. They look better. It, they <laughs> just look better. Yeah. You know, like um, I, I just – Everything about it, like the game plan, the way that they just respond to going down early. Nobody ever panics. Mm-hmm. I mean, on one hand, you go, oh, it's just a remarkable group of young players. and Yeah, but that's got to be the coach. I, I think that's a lot of leading by example. So I just want to give it up. I mean, the guy's, yeah. what, 9-1? and one, Yeah. Just won the CAA outright um, with pretty much the same team as last year, a team that stumbled. Yeah. Uh, we haven't seen any of those stumbles. I mean, the closest they had was – Going going in overtime, Stony Brook, but they hung in there and they won. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know. I just I feel like the fans are not embracing him, ourselves included. It's just it's just kind of like I don't know. People already take him for credit, take him for granted. Yeah. I don't know. It's just it, this team seems so much more yep. prepared than the opposition. Yeah, there's a couple things. I mean, I I definitely I, you, what you said about the way he sort of challenges Nooch while also praising earlier in the season. I noticed mm-hmm. he did it today with Dimitri Holloway who yeah. was the CAA player of the week and had about a billion tackles over the weekend. He had like but, a Steph Robertson type game. Yeah, he did. But coach today was like, yeah, but we missed a couple fits. And, you know, he'd be the first guy to tell you there's a few plays out there. Like, is that same, like, just subtly challenging the guys, keeping them focused? Yeah. I think you're right. I think he – one thing's for sure, the, the evolution of and, – and we'll see. Right? The proof will be in the playoffs for sure. So we don't mean to get ahead of ourselves. But the – you know, I, I think you're exactly right, Rob. It, I saw John Daka was tweeting about that's our coach or whatever. Yeah. You know, like that kind of thing. And I do think there is a little bit, I mean, you know, you and I hear bits and pieces here and there. Um, you know, Withers and Houston both embraced the sort of inner circle of, um, I don't know what to say, ex-players slash big donors and, or, you know, ex-players and or big donors. Yeah. Um, in, in terms of keeping them in the, involved and, and opening the access. And that's just not, to, I don't mean that in a negative way necessarily. Because um, it was the same thing with the media. We know from. They have a much more outward much focus. More, yes. Right. And uh, we have both heard bits and pieces this year that, you know, this is, this is a guy who really does take his cues from his time in Alabama under Saban. And he doesn't, <laughs> you know, he doesn't cotton to all that. <laughs> Yeah. Quite as much, you know, he doesn't have as much time for that, um, whether it's the uniforms or, you know, just the pregame conversations. And so I think it has 
taking a little longer for people to warm up. Um, and some people get their feelings a little hurt. And, you know, so what? They're nine and one now. <laughs> yeah. Ten and one, whatever. You know, they're ten and one, you know. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're looking. They want an outright CAA title. And it, it's hard. to. I'm, I'm with you completely. I That, that kind of treads into something I was going to say later. But I, it's awesome. Um, yeah. and, and I think credit to Bourne here too, Rob. Yeah. You know, the, the evolution of the, this position at JMU, right? Mickey was the, Mickey was the guy who laid the cornerstone, right? He was the builder. Mm-hmm. And it, at a certain point, they had to move on. And Withers was the juice <laughs> yeah. that, you know, to re-energize the program. And then Houston was the guy to put him over the top and really take care of the football side. Um, and, and now Signetti is someone who needs to manage what has become a monster program with a lot of leverage over other programs at this level and really needs to be a CEO. And it looks so far like Signetti is pretty capable of that. So, And, and I think part of that, I'm, I'm not going to get in this like, is Signetti going to go? Like, whatever. Every coach has their price. Every coach has their, mm-hmm. their motivations. I do think he's at a different phase of his career yep. where – he can afford to just like he wants to build this. If that leads to an opportunity, he's a he's a grown man. He'll take it. Everett was looking for first train out of town. Yep. I think I think Houston was a little closer to to Withers than any of us wanted to believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's fine. Like I'm not begrudging him, but no. I just think it, it's different. Like you can see with the way the recruiting is done and the, and the way some of the redshirt decisions were made last yep. year. And um, it, there wasn't really that balance. It was mm-hmm. just more in the immediate future so i think signetti is taking more of a ceo type approach of the entire program mm-hmm. um, and, and really doing what needs to be done to lay the groundwork for things that are a little bit more sustainable yeah um, certainly his little subtle comments about recruiting to, um, both today yes. and and last week you know lends you to they, they, they make you think that a little bit too yes you know um, that's exactly what i'm talking about yeah like, and he's a life you know we've talked about this i mean i know houston has turned into a lifer i think you know but Signetti's from the, I mean, it's in the blood, right? It was, mm-hmm. It's a family, this is the family business. Yeah. And he's a guy who can look around at his father making a sort of dynasty at IUP and see what that means to a community, you know, or, you know, look, he's a guy who I'm sure he knows who the coach of Mount Union is or Wisconsin yeah. Whitewater, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I think he looks around and thinks, yeah, maybe I'm not going to get the chance to be Saban or Urban Meyer, but. JMU, this is pretty cool. So who knows? We'll see. I guess we'll all find out yeah. next year. I'm not going to worry about it, and I'm not yep. going to be naive nope. to think that he's here forever. But it just seems like he's taking a different approach due to maybe some of the experiences he's had. Yep. And the fact that, you know, he was at Bama, then he went to a small program. And mm-hmm. he seems like he's a little more of a lifestyle type mm-hmm. guy. Yep. Um, I don't know. I just I, The guy needs he, – he deserves all the respect in the world. Um, yeah. Clearly, like you said, it's going to come down to the playoffs. But – I've just I've been very impressed, particularly the last two weeks. These were two huge games, essentially do or die games for the opposition. Yeah, and they they looked like they hadn't even practiced compared to JMU. <laughs> yeah, they did. Yeah, and and it's cool. And that's and not as much a knock on them as it is to credit to JMU. Like JMU is good enough that they're taking solid teams who are playing for their playoff mm-hmm. lives. Yep. and just completely demoralizing them and mm-hmm. taking out, just destroying their entire game plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's really cool, and. And I think that's also good. I'm glad you brought it up, Rob, because we know how these Coach of the Year awards tend to go. And, you know, you're going to Server look... does the most with the least. Yeah, like yeah. whoever coaches – I don't know what the Albany coach's name is, but 
Walk you know, out. seems <laughs> likely to be a lock in the CAA, and then you know, at the national level, whether you want to give it to, I don't know, Austin P or Albany or who, you know, whatever yeah. team like that that was unexpected. Um, so it's good, good to talk about Coach Signetti right now. So for second down, Rob, um, just repeating a theme of the last couple of weeks, I want to mention a couple of guys that were off the radar um, again this week. I thought. At the scariest moment, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about it again, the scariest moment of this game was when Rondell Carter went down Yes, um, in the second quarter. And I know in the st- – yeah, you know, that was uh, – <clears throat> and I was glad to see him come back. But I think it should be noted that, um, the you know, they got – Richmond had a big play. I don't know if it was the play that he got hurt or the next play. They had a big play to kind of get down in the red zone. And it was Jalen Green who came in and actually made kind of a one-on-one open field tackle uh, on a running back cutting back that – started the what became a I don't know it was a field goal one of the field goals for Richmond um, but Jalen Green kind of a guy who looks like he's getting a little more time it's good to see him in there I don't want to see him in there for Rondell uh, maybe this weekend would be fine <laughs> but otherwise you know we, we don't want anyone hurt and Q Reed another guy we've seen uh, you know a name we've mentioned number 16 on defense mentioned him a few times the last few weeks but he popped a little bit in this game. Um, I don't know how much he was on like the television coverage, but just watching in the game and, and some of the stuff on special teams, another guy who's making plays. And then on your Signetti point, um, an, an, uh, you know, Harry was doing the, uh, the Harry punt and it was to great effect this week. We yeah. seen, we've seen a lot of like just straightforward punting. And we've talked about last week, the, as they get down this, like what has Signetti and the staff been holding back? And last week we saw the tight end splitting out a little bit. This week we saw Harry doing the rugby punt to really solid effect a couple times. And so I, you know, just, just kind of a nod to hoping there's continues to be more tricks up the sleeve as they move along um, and more players. They're going to need some of those guys because they're not, you know, nobody stays totally healthy for 17 games or whatever they're going to play. So, yeah. yeah. So what about third down, Rob? Well, we got to talk about Polk, right? Mm-hmm. I figured I, mean, I figured you were going to Yeah, I thought, I thought you were going I thought no. one of us would lead with it. But, no. um, well, we got a I mean, we it's got the pre-game, t- pre-game text from part from uh Partlow who's yeah. like folks going for 130 today and then 20 minutes later we got a text that's 80 for the first catch. You know? <laughs> he didn't get to to our boys predicted 130, but I mean, he went over 100 for the third straight week. I don't know what else we can say about this kid. I mean, he broke the game open. Mm-hmm. And just it, it was it. After they had that score, you're like, "Well, Richmond ain't gonna win today, right?" You know, he, that was a great throw by Nooch, a very simple but well executed route, um, and then just the afterburners, man. That that is not FCS level speed. It's just not fair. No, and, and no. That is, you look it's at just it, unbelievable. Yeah. It's just unbelievable. I mean, like yeah. he's he's getting like four steps on guys mm-hmm. through like forty yards. It's it's not fair. Um, mm-hmm. And you look at it. I mean. Yeah, he's only going to be in JMU one one season, mm-hmm. but he's doing enough to really put himself in the conversation for like best JMU wide receiver ever. Um, mm-hmm. Certainly, this season is one of the top five seasons any JMU receivers ever had. Mm-hmm. Uh, with a couple decent playoff games, he could he could eclipse a thousand yards. That's only been done by David McLeod, who yep. right now to me is still the goat. I think he's two hundred and seventy three yards off the record, right? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, he could really get there. He he could really get there. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's like, what, 840 or something like that? Mm-hmm. Um, that's nuts. I mean, you think Jamie's had a lot of really good receivers, but if you look back in the record books, a, a like stud season at Jamie is usually like six or 700 yards. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and he, he's gone for eight, over 800 already with hopefully, you know, a bunch more games to go. So I don't know, man, this guy, it's, I never would have thought heading into the season that the person who is going to be like hardest to replace next year, if not just irreplaceable would be Polk. I was like, Oh, we got this dude from right, State right. coming in. Right. Well, yeah. He'll probably help out when, when Stapleton's out. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, he's turned Stapleton into a complimentary receiver. And that, again, that's not a knock, but he is the 1A. And Stapleton now has really found this role where he can thrive. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, You know, like, it's he doesn't need to carry the burden. And he doesn't need to try to be, like, the deep threat or the only red zone threat. He can mm-hmm. just do things like – I thought Saturday was his best game of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, not just the two touchdowns, but, like – he, he was catching in space. It wasn't just the pure possession receiver stuff that he'd done when he was still trying to find his role earlier this year. Mm-hmm. And he was catching it and then just trucking dudes. I mean, mm-hmm. he just absolutely destroyed those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. It, it's cool. Like, they can do so much in the passing game and only throw, like, what was it, a dozen or maybe 13 times? Yeah, that was all. Yeah, You know, it's, you don't even need to. But it's great when you can throw, you know, in the low double digits mm-hmm. and still just have guys make plays. Mm-hmm. Um, and those weren't all just like easy touchdowns. I mean, they, those were receivers making plays and then running after the catch. So I don't know, but it, it all starts with Polk for me. He is just Big so time. much fun to watch. Um, he's uncoverable most weekends. <laughs> yep. And I don't know if that's going to change in the playoffs. He is just so fast and he's got great chemistry with Danucci. He's playing great with Stapleton. Like I mentioned, it's, I don't know. It's uh, we can do an entire podcast on how how far he's exceeded my expectations. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it, and they just they're finding ways a couple times a game to give him time. I mean, mm-hmm. to give Danucci time to find him mm-hmm. like that. And yeah, I don't think that changes. I'm not sure that changes against anybody. You know, I mean, yeah. they may have to find different ways to get him involved, but in general, I don't. I, I he's just. It's just it's Penn State. I mean, that's Big Ten speed right there. Yeah, yeah I mean, if you get if you get one on one coverage, he's just so there's consistent. Nobody... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's unbelievable. So that's I I don't know what to say. I and just, again, like if you go zone, yeah. like Stapleton is so great at finding space in the zone. Oh, it's awesome. Like it's just it's like the perfect complementary receivers. Mm-hmm. They really are. I mean, it's this big giant, you know, guy who's monster possession receiver who's impossible to take care, you know, to deal with. Yeah on one side and Deshaun Jackson on the other, you yeah. know, it, like healthy young Deshaun Jackson. Right. I mean, it's yep. just, it's incredible. So that's awesome. Um, yeah. so what are you going? And my last one just is just the seniors. Uh, you know, this is the last time we'll probably, you know, we're going to get into big games next week. We'll be talking playoffs. Uh, then there'll be a bye week. We'll be talking more playoffs and looking, you know, really getting into these games, but this class with this win, this week passed the they, they set the mark for the most wins ever by in a four year stretch for a senior class. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of guys in this class that didn't play as much. I mean, I was thinking about I was trying to think back to who was really there, you know, contributing in 2016, because there actually aren't that for as many juniors and seniors as are on this team. There aren't a ton of guys who were there contributing to that. Hol- Holloway. Holloway was. Well, so yeah, I was thinking so clutch, Holloway. Yeah. Um, for sure, Tut, uh, who hasn't played a lot this year, but Charles yeah. Tut was involved in that team. Jahi Jackson a little bit. Bryce McKinley, you know, who doesn't play as much now, but was playing back then. Uh, Mac Patrick, who stepped in at center in the North Dakota, in the Fargo Dome. Yeah. Um, you know, guy, uh, obviously Rashad Robinson, who's a fifth-year senior. Uh, Ethan Racky that year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I don't know. that he, he really played the next year, I guess, when Tyler got hurt. 
uh, Eric Curlew has been there the whole time, Riley Stapleton. And then there's a bunch of guys, you know, sort of the Landon Word, John Daka, uh, Cameron Wise, uh, Adam Smith, Mac Patrick. Some, I mean, or yeah, some of those guys, not Mac, but the other guys, like some of them either didn't play a lot or transferred in after, uh, but had played a lot of games. But I was thinking about that group of like Mac Patrick, Dimitri Holloway, Bryce McGinley, Charles Tutt, um, you know, Rashad Robinson. That group's really been there for they've, – they've been part of you – know, the heart of this team for a long time. And it's pretty cool, you know, for the guys they've been up against and the names they've seen come and go in their time there. It's pretty awesome. And, and just we all should stop and sort of be thankful for this group and, and some of the guys that have been there from the very beginning. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's really awesome. So it's, I thought it was really it, cool. There's too many of them, though, man. Too, I know, I know. When you saw you know, all Mountain Field. Yeah, and uh, I thought it was really cool. Wise, the kickoff guy, recovered the, the guy, you know, kickoff specialist kicker, uh, was the one who recovered the fumble on the kickoff. That was really fun. It was right, yeah. right in front of us. And, and just you're like, oh, that was the kicker and all the other players. You could see them going nuts. So that big, was quite the sequence. Yeah. So big thank fumble, you. Fumble, 80-yard touchdown fumble. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was fantastic. You're like, oh, well, that's the game. Yep. Um, yeah. But just a big thanks to all of this group, redshirt senior, fifth-year senior, seniors. I noticed there was a couple redshirt juniors. Rob, I, I did think it was interesting. There were a couple redshirt juniors announced on senior day. So guys who are redshirt juniors by football standards, but seniors by – Obviously, they must be graduating this year. Um, certainly hope that one or two of them, there were a couple of them announced that I was surprised. I was like, well, I hope they're coming back next year for another year of football and to start grad school. But we'll see about that but uh, when the season's from over. From kind of like the old dorky yeah, middle yeah. age, man, like really cool they're graduating in four years. Mm-hmm. You know, that ain't easy to do if you're not playing a sport. No, not so, at all. You know, that, that speaks well of the program. Yeah, Rob, I think, should we introduce a new like old guys leave corner here? Yeah, um, sure. With your, uh, you want to describe your tweet from last week? Oh, geez. <laughs> oh, well, this was the freaking worst thing that happened to me. Friday, like, uh, so good Good news is I found out on my new team, which is my company, and then we've got a couple of sub-companies working on. There's, like, four of us that went to JMU. Good news. Um, very good. Good news. news. Very yep. good team. Out of, like, the eight people, like, four from JMU. So, exciting. Um, my colleague is... One minute, the singer she goes, I didn't know you. Oh, great. When did you graduate? And I, I think I'm a little bit older than you, but and she cut me off and she's like, No, 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 I know that. I'm asking because my stepdad went there too, and it was probably around the same time as you. <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to crawl under the table and cry. <laughs> I was like, What the hell was that all about? Then she proceeded to tell Really, really nice woman. Yes, yeah, yeah. But then, like, we're having lunch later in the day. Like, she came out of my office, like, two or three other teammates. It was Fridays. We're having lunch. And I guess she just got back from her honeymoon. And she was talking about something new with her husband and her family. And they're like, oh, well, you know, you're newlyweds. And she's like, no, well, we've known, you know, I've known him for, like, six or seven years. And I was like, oh. she's like, she's like, yeah, since we were high school sweethearts. Oh. <laughs> I was like, what the hell is going on? And somebody called me out. They're like, Rob just rolled his eyes. Like, I was like, no, I'm very happy for you. I'm just feeling very, very old. Um, <laughs> so I, she was born the year I graduated from JMU. Oh, well, you should get a free bowl of soup with that. Yeah. Hat, yes. Oh, my gosh. It was bad. <laughs> but the positive is 
four people on the team from JMU. Yes, to go do. Sorry. One of whom is actually older than me, and he just quietly kind of removed himself from the conversation. Oh, well, I'm sure I will have another one um, mm. next week. You're not, you're not alone in this. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, Rob, as we move on, what are uh, we going to do, as we always do, two things we are worried about or are looking forward to this weekend as the Dukes travel up to Kingston, Rhode Island. Um, yep. Your Rhode neck of the woods. <laughs> yeah, you're big, big Rhode Island. Dri- driven visitor. through it many times. Yeah. Yes. Um, to, finish, uh, to finish the season. This is a weird game, right? I certainly, I think the obvious things, you know, they're seven and zero. They're playing the team that's zero and seven in the conference. Uh, it's a noon game. I think only the second one they've had all year. Uh, I, don't, I have no idea what the weather is supposed to be, but I, I doubt it's going to be um, balmy and sunny no. this time of year up there. And I was looking at the attendance stats the last time JMU was up there when Rhode Island was not nearly this hopeless. And there were like three thousand people in the stands, so this could be this could be rough in that way. And having celebrated and, and sort of accomplished a lot of their goals, um, I'm sure that's Ignati. I mean, look, I think JMU has considerably more to play for than Rhode Island, despite the senior day factor. They know that the two seed in the playoffs is likely on the line, and the home field advantage throughout the playoffs that goes with that. Um, but what what's something you know? Just generally, other than that, do you have anything other than that, Rob, that we're worried about? Well, I wouldn't say worried, but right. Rhode Island can sling it. I mean, yeah. part of it is, you yeah. know, this is, it's weird that they're a pretty good Rhode Island team. Like the record isn't yeah. going to indicate it, but they've been competitive. It's not like some Rhode Island teams of the past. Um, nope. You know, they got in a really, they had that crushing loss against Stony Brook in the end. Mm-hmm. And you never know how the season would have played out with that, but they can really throw it around. Um, mm-hmm. So if anybody's at all worried about, not worried, but curious to see how good the Jamie Pass defense is, they're going mm-hmm. to get a test this weekend. Um, I don't think Rhode Island's going to have much success running the ball, but right. they are going to throw it a lot. Um, they've got a mm-hmm. couple receivers. They do. Um, this guy Aaron Parker was preseason all CA. He's already yeah, at, we remember. Yeah. I mean, he's already eleven hundred yards. Yeah, he's um, an NFL prospect. Yeah. Then they yeah. got another guy, Coulter, who's just under a mm-hmm. thousand. So I mean, we've been talking all about Polk, and there's a good chance Polk as as great as he's been. If you do uh-huh. it based on the numbers, he might uh-huh. end up on the second team all CA. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, because of you know Parker and Coulter, and then Juwan Green at Albany, um, another guy that Jamie might see down the road. So. I'm kind of excited to see how they match up against these kind of top tier receivers. Um, yeah. I think it's a good, good way to stay focused this week in practice. Mm-hmm. Like you can't just, this isn't a situation where you're going to roll the ball out and let guys play. Um, they're no. going to need to prepare. Uh, this is a team that can score, that can throw it a lot. And if, mm-hmm. I think it's actually a really good one to close on you know, yeah, for, for those too. reasons. You know, yeah. if there's one thing that I think Jamie still needs to prove it can do at an elite, at an elite level, it's defend the pass. So. Yep. Well, I was looking, they have not, and they've scored this year. Like they've done what Rhode Island did last year too. Right? Yeah. They've, they, they just have been on the wrong end of big score games. Um, it's a weird thing. When you go back and look through their schedule, they lost to FBS, Ohio. They scored 20 against Ohio in a loss to start the season. They lost by eight 44, 36 to Delaware. They lost 27, 24 to New Hampshire. They lost 31, 27 to Stony Brook. Right. I mean, yeah three in a row right there where they put up over 24 points in a tight game and lost a CAA game. They lost, they scored 17 on Virginia tech in a game. They lost, they were down seven going into the fourth quarter. 
They lost 35-28 to Albany. <laughs> I mean, just throughout the season. Even last week, they lost 34-30 to Maine. Yeah. I mean, you know, they've I been mean, trading punches. Right. So they, they definitely throw it around, and this will be probably a good, kind of a unique, yeah, a unique challenge in the conference for JMU's defense. Um, you know, William & Mary, that's kind of their goal, but they're just not – they don't have the personnel to do it yet <laughs> to, to really score in the passing game. Mm-hmm. So this, this will be a good test, I think, in that way. That's probably a good thing to look forward to. Yeah. Um, yeah. And mine, Rob, is just everybody. This is for all of the – any Dukes out there who are listening to this. Um, you know, I guess this is old man and whatever. We're, we're talking about this. But, Rob, I want to go back to something you always say, which is let's enjoy these couple weeks, people. Enjoy it. This is this, – these are the best days. Um, this is the most fun time for JMU football. They've won the conference. They're going to have fun, play a fun game. Most of us won't get to attend, get to watch it somewhere, uh, get to watch the selection show without a whole lot of trepidation if they can, you know, do what they're supposed to do on Saturday, on Sunday. Um, And then we get a week off to watch football and have fun and have turkey and do all the fun things. But I just, I've been laughing the last couple of weeks, Rob. We got dueling Facebook groups now uh, featuring parking complaints and, you know, Selling everything from socks to shot glasses to you know. Well, I, I, I'm I, not in either one, so I, I'll take no, I'll, I'll I trust you on this one. But it sounds mm. like I, I shouldn't regret my decision to stay out. Of well, and I don't I don't even mean that negatively. <laughs> I just I keep thinking back all the time we've been doing this, Rob. I, we haven't talked about it much this season, but we are we are three weeks away from our 10th anniversary of doing this mm-hmm. ridiculous dork hobby of ours, right? Of JMU Sports Blog. And when we started, we started because there was a, you know, there wasn't many outlets. There wasn't any outlets. There was a message board where everyone yelled at each other and wasn't very nice to each other. But there were only like really thirty. See, that's my impression of Facebook in general nowadays. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I don't. And now I don't want to get involved in anything that I might like. I don't want it to be ruined. No. And now we've gotten to the point where we have dueling. We have two Facebook groups and a ticket thing. And you know, a good friend of mine who I rooted with at a lot of games is still at halftime this weekend. Telling me how we can't go to Frisco with Nooch. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, you got it. I mean, this, See, like, ugh. are you going to enjoy this or not? Like, yeah. is this fun? Are we having fun or not? And, you know, we got uh, whether I don't know who, you know, I, I don't know if some donors don't have as much access to Signetti as they used to have to Houston or what have you. All I know is that when Rondell Carter got hurt I, or almost got hurt, you know, it, I just I lost my, it almost took my breath away. Because I'm thinking, like, ah, this is the time. You know, this is fun. And I just, as a fan, I just feel so lucky. You know, when we saw him come back in the game, I thought, man, I just feel so lucky that we get to enjoy this. And not that, you know, I don't mean to make too much out of Rondell or not Rondell. I just, it's that idea. No, but, like, you see what happened to Tua. I was watching that earlier. Yeah, you do. That's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. And and these kids are out there. And, you know, Rondell's probably got a, a future. I mean, I don't even mean about. I didn't think that was whatever had happened to him. It wasn't like Tua's injury, which is just, you know, terrible to see. But we might have three or four more weeks to enjoy this. And these two weeks coming up, this game against Rhode Island and the bye week over Thanksgiving where we get to watch teams beat each other up and everybody's going to argue on Sunday that JMU's path is too hard and North Dakota State's is too easy. And in Fargo, they're going to say the exact opposite. Like just – enjoy this and be thankful and be grateful. We have, you know, 
since 2014, since Withers got here, we've had so much fun since 2014 with this program. Well, yeah, you look at this, like you mentioned yeah. earlier, how this senior class is the winningest. Well, they just overtook last year's class and the class before that. So, like, it's, it's just cumulative. <laughs> right. You know, it's, it, we've been just ridiculously fortunate. Um, and we and got it's great. like, we joke, like, you and I will yeah. kind of argue about sports investment, but I, I do find it not even, I guess, I don't know if it's funny or comical, but, like, I just can't engage like it, with people that get too, if they're like really argumentative and people can dis- disagree with me all day and disagree with both of us. And that's fine. Right. If they have real points, the nonsense that people spout. Yeah. I, it just, it makes it so easy. And we deal with it a lot on Twitter, um, yeah. but Twitter, I feel like our, the JMU Twitter fan base, I think is pretty level-headed. Yeah. Like, actually, passionate. That's so weird like, to say, but yes. it's really weird to say. Cause you don't think yeah. of Twitter like, I was involved with some of that Facebook stuff earlier and like FCS level discussions on Facebook seem to go to a bad place very early. Yeah. You know, people get really, really heated um, in ways that like, I don't know, is it, thankfully we don't really experience in our little echo yeah. chamber on Twitter. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's just weird. So yeah, I mean, I'm we with like, this is a yeah. lot of fun. Yeah. There, there, we can pick nits and we can point out things that are wrong. Yeah. I mean, Sure. And you know, it's the chances are greater than they are not that JMU will lose in the playoffs. You know, only one team's going to win. Yeah, would you take JMU versus the field? You take the field. You take the field. Right. Uh, for, and any team you would, except maybe North Dakota State. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But even that, like, who knows? Um, it's just tough. I mean, everybody's going to go home a loser except for one team. Right. Um, not every – that doesn't mean everybody had a disastrous season. Mm-hmm. Or, or that doesn't mean that – beating Richmond on Saturday wasn't amazing and something I'm going to remember for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, um, whatever. I mean, like the Colgate loss was brutal last year and it left a very sour taste. Not that still is there. Um, but that doesn't mean the entire season was a disaster. Well, and I'll say it right now. I mean, I, you know, anything short of winning will be disappointing. Will be really yeah. disappointing. And anything short of Frisco will be incredibly disappointing. Disappointing um, does not mean bad that doesn't mean it was disaster it it doesn't invalidate all the good they've done and how excited we are about the future under signetti no and we're going to get to talk all the time you know we're going to we'll get to talk all about the bracket next week and all the fun stuff and looking forward stuff um but rob there's a there's certainly a not insignificant chance that um we might get another shot at montana at bridgeforth after yeah that's another one that i still have a bad chance that's probably the saltiest loss i've ever had as a JMU fan that's by far that was um an order of magnitude more difficult to to take than the NDSU championship loss the app state and, one the year before wasn't wasn't no, a great, great one weird, either. Right? I, I, I guess we should do levels of losing for JMU at some point but yeah the app state one yeah that was bitter because of the way it happened in terms of the plays the NDSU one was just frustrating because they turned the ball over and dropped passes and yeah. it was what if the Montana one was really – that was the one where I just thought they could do it. You know, mm-hmm. I thought they were destined to win the championship. And Rodney got hurt and everything that happened. And it just – that's the one where, I mean, three, four days after the game, I was still waking up, like, Annoyed, wishing, it, wishing yeah. it another way. You know, yeah. like, yeah. Like, yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's, I was just mentioning for anybody out there, Montana, big win this pack, past weekend over – Huge win. Huge win over Weber State, and they still have the brawl of the wild this weekend with Montana State. So, 
they are not out of the woods in terms of seeding or anything left yet. They go to uh, wherever the hell Montana State is, uh, Bozeman, Montana, uh, this weekend. So not out of the woods, but also not, you know, Sac State may get back up to the third seed, who knows. But Montana could very easily be the three seed, um, which could be the team that if JMU was fortunate enough to, you know, hold, hold serve, could be the team that comes to JMU in late December. But we'll find out soon enough. Mm-hmm. So, Rob, I don't – yeah, I was thinking um, – <laughs> yeah, I don't know that anything else I, – I, I, we were going to say um, – so for overtime tonight – well, Other we should day. just we should just bury the hatchet and be nice to our spider fans. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. So for overtime, since since spider fans aren't going to be involved in the playoffs, mm-hmm. we thought we would each point off point out like maybe one holiday event or holiday plan um, that that the spider fan, while the rest of us are focusing on the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Just 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 to be kind, you know, That's <laughs> not to rub it in. So. No, no, not at all. So first. Well, I, I just I figured, like most Spider fans, they would have gone here um, with or without the uh, the playoffs. They 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 would have abandoned the playoffs quickly, but wouldn't want them just in case there were any Spider fans who might have put the playoffs over this. We wouldn't want them to miss their annual trip to Primland. Um, oh, I don't, yeah. I don't know if you know what this is, Rob. You do? Yes. No, no. Great. Enlighten me. It sounds. It sounds. Yes, this it sounds is, great. This is a. Uh, let, let's just say it's a. Um, resort for the privileged down in uh, Meadows of Dan, Virginia. Oh, okay. Um, now, I will say, right, there's fishing and lots and lots of hunting involved, but also very, like, gourmet, five-star, um, West End, very Richmond um, places, you know. Oh, it's, sounds, it's, it's, sounds... it's like this hidden thing that they, they wouldn't want to, they wouldn't want to inform other communities about this in any way so you know <laughs> clearly i wasn't yeah. i wasn't in the know so. mm-hmm. you know but at the holiday season i think it's only like 1200 dollars a night or something so okay. you know yeah yeah but, you know just make sure the spiders are able to make their annual pilgrimage down to uh to the whitest place on earth okay <laughs> yes, well I, I went i just again just trying to be kind and think of what would be in their interest and might be on mm-hmm. um i'm thinking because it is the spider fans, they, they should be aware of the seasonal traditions holiday program at the <laughs> East Jersey Old Town Village in Piscataway, New Jersey. <laughs> yes, um, right. It's brought to you by the Middlesex County <laughs> Office of Arts and History. It's just got holiday music and fun. It's an annual thing. It's right there in their home state. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's just, it's just neat, you know. <laughs> and I, I, I think they'll enjoy we it. December, December 7th. Yeah, I so. love that we went to the two extremes of, of Richmond cliche here. Yes, yes. yes. Sort and of I beyond. love that I will get a, and I will get accused of hating Jersey, even right. though you, Jersey is so intertwined with my Christmas say, experience. Saying, yes, yeah. all um, of my Christmases take place in Jersey. Um, I, it's near I, and dear I, to my heart. I, I tailgated with Bob Wogish this weekend. So yeah, oh, yes. there, there you go. Yeah, well, that is so. good. Yes, I, yeah. most of my um. Yeah. Most of my Christmases took place in his neighborhood. Yes, there you go. Yeah, so that's pretty funny. Where where I went with the uh, South Side Richmond crew. Um, yeah. but that, I love it. So that's good. I, I did want to point out, Rob, we did get one funny um, suggestion for overtime from, I think it's at Butler John P on Twitter about how salty our and Missouri Valley fans going to be when the CAA gets four or five teams in the playoffs this weekend. It is funny how it's kind of with, with the exception like of Albany. Yeah. 
it's kind of all come full circle where now it's JMU, Nova, Towson if they win, most mm-hmm. likely. And then I guess you got Albany and Maine, Maine even has a puncher's it. chance. Yeah. So, like, Stony Brook just played themselves out. Mm-hmm. Um, New Hampshire, New Hampshire played themselves did. out. Richmond played themselves out. It is weird how it, how it ebbs and flows. But at the end of the day, it looks like it's going to be most likely Nova, Towson, JMU. And Albany. one more. And one more. Yeah. yeah I think. Wow, that is crazy. Because a couple weeks ago, I thought there was an outside chance CA would beat, beat itself up and only end up with, like, two. Yeah, me too. And now they could be back in the four or five discussion. Yeah, I think so too. I think Maine's going to be a weird, a weird case the way that they've been and and sort of they played two. I think they played two FBS games, but I think they've won three straight. They have, and they're like, they're going to end up seven and three versus the FCS. Um, yeah, with three straight. Yeah, I, it's it's definitely an odd thing. I don't know how the committee, you know, Maine and Albany missed JMU this year. So that'll be. I don't know if that helps or hurts them. I mean, it obviously helps their record. <laughs> um, I don't, but at the same time, you know, I don't know what it says, but yeah, there's a lot of bad teams, <laughs> a lot of mediocre football and yeah. the hard thing to determine, I, I keep thinking about this, the more the season has gone on and I'm looking at the top 10 and it's all, I, mean, I think there's four teams, four or five teams from the Valley and four teams from the big sky, but the bottom half of those conferences are like, everybody's two and 10. Yeah. Like they're terrible. Yeah. Like you're either in the playoffs or you're garbage. Whereas yes. the CAA, like everybody's sort of strength of schedule and strength of win, if you start looking at the computers, is actually higher than you realize. Um, it's it's yeah on paper or analytically, if you're on the numbers, CAA is far and away the best conference mm-hmm. because of things like I mean, Rhode Island. We're saying yeah, Rhode Island doesn't have the record, but they're not a pushover team. William and Mary has still managed to win some some, some big games, games against yeah. the top half of the mm-hmm. conference. Mm-hmm. Um, you know there aren't a lot of easy outs. Nope. In the conference, despite the fact that JMU makes some of these teams look like easy outs. They're not. No, they're, and they're you got each other conferences up. like the SOCON where Furman, who really could use another win this week, lost to playing, Wofford. They're lost to Wofford and they're playing an NAIA team to close yep. the season this year. And I know that's not entirely their fault, but <laughs> that's hard to deal with. And the same thing out in the big sky where a lot of teams, their, whatever their last win is, whether it's their seventh, eighth, ninth win, comes over a Division two team. Yeah, and that's a tough thing to tough thing to deal with every year. So doesn't really doesn't build the resume. Nope. So thank you to everybody for tuning in. Uh, we love you all. Uh, go Dukes. We're here with you. You know, hopefully on board with everyone for another five weeks. Really looking forward to a big show next week and breaking down the bracket. Uh, maybe the next two weeks. Thanks as always to Pale Fire and Mossy Creek. Go visit those Harrisonburg establishments. Mention the podcast. Get some free stuff. Can't wait to get in there ourselves here in a couple of weeks. Um, Rob, I will talk to you next week for the big show. Yeah, have a good week, everybody. All right, go Dukes. Folks like me on the job from nine to five. Working nine.